Welcome to Sex Spoken Here with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex coach and relationship psychologist and created this show to help you solve any sexual problems, learn about all things sexy, sensual, and intimate, and create your ideal lasting relationship. In my virtual therapy room, I answer questions, interview experts, and provide tips that you can use straight away. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create a problem-free, exciting sex life. Make sure you join us to be up to date on all events and to easily access coaching at www.the-intimacy-coach.com. Welcome to my virtual therapy room. I am Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this is Sex Spoken Here. Remember that this podcast deals with adult themes. So, if you don't have privacy, you might wish to put on your headphones. This week, I am talking about the difference between BDSM and abuse. This is a complicated topic for many people, particularly people who are interested in kink and BDSM, who worry about whether their relationships are healthy or not. The difference between BDSM and abuse or an abusive relationship, in one word, consent. Everything done in a BDSM relationship is done with the consent of all parties. The consent must be clear and unambiguous and not be as the result of pressure. Parties need to be able to give consent. If these conditions are met, then there's nothing abusive about even the most extreme BDSM relationships. Abuse can be the result of coercion. It can also be straightforward. The dividing line, you're right, it's consent. So what does consent look like? Consent comes as the result of a discussion that talks about hard limits, like things you absolutely will not do, soft limits, things you don't think you're interested in or you don't think you will do, but this may change, and things you would like to do. Agreements are made about limits, activities that are on the yes list, activities on the maybes list, and activities on the hell no list. Agreements are made about the shape of our relationship. Are we going to be living together? Will we be monogamous? Will we be polyamorous? Will we be ethically non-monogamous in a different way? Agreements are made about how we will communicate in the middle of rough sex or a BDSM scene or even an ordinary situation in the world that something is a problem, or stop right now, or I'm really enjoying myself. For stop right now, we often have safe words or gestures. These are things that cannot be misinterpreted and that will tell the person who is the active partner top dominant that a hard limit is being approached or has been reached. So we usually don't use things like no, please don't, as anything approaching a safe word, because those are things that people will often say in the midst of play as part of a a role play scene, so they can be misunderstood. The most common safe words are things, uh, are the the stoplight system, so yellow means the limit is being approached and red is, oh my God, stop right now. But people will often use unusual words that are so outside the situation that their partner will really know what they're saying. So, for example, um, 
I knew one couple who used asparagus as a safe word because there was no place where they thought they would ever use the word asparagus in normal interaction. It should be noted that um, a dominant can use a safe word as well if something is going um, awry within the scene for them. So it's not just this, the submissive partner who uses the safe word. It should also be noted that although I'm talking mostly about dominance being abusive, submissives can be abusive as well. Um, and I will talk a little bit more about that later. Ethical dominants know that negotiating to push a limit in the middle of a scene is not appropriate, as a person can't give consent in the middle of a scene. This is because of the power imbalance and because of their mental state. They're often high on the scene. It's not a time to try to push a limit if you haven't pre-negotiated. Even in relationships in which there's a 24-7 authority transfer, there are discussions about limits and consent and importantly, how to withdraw consent. There is a lot of erotica out there that talks about no limit relationships and ones in which the withdrawal of consent is not allowed. The premise is that once someone becomes a slave, they no longer have the authority to leave the relationship. In real life, the breakdown of the relationship and how to exit is something that's discussed as part of an extended negotiation when someone is considering a 24-7 authority transfer relationship. Some people have a ritual involved. For example, the slave might have to beg for release. Others do not. In non-abusive relationships, the parameters of the relationship, including limits and exiting the relationship, are discussed before the relationship properly begins. And often, a written document is made detailing the rules, responsibility, and agreements of both parties, as well as what happens in the event of a breakup. In some ethical 24-7 relationships, the slave or submissive is not allowed to say no to any particular activities. However, they are given a space to say why they would wish to say no, and their feelings and reasons are considered by their master, ma'am, sir, or dominant. If there's no space to express an opinion, ever, it's likely that the relationship is abusive. There may be an acceptable format for expressing an opinion or a ritual for expressing an opinion. As long as it's possible for the parties to raise their feelings, views, and concerns, the relationship is likely to be non-abusive regardless of how extreme it may seem to someone outside of the relationship. Many people are misled by abusive people, telling them that, in quotes, true slaves, or in quotes, true submissives, don't have limits. These abusive people pressure their desired prey to give up all control before they know much about the person they're giving up control to. Many groom online and long after, and after a long acquaintance online, lull the other person into a false sense of security. No real-life tests of the dominance identity in these situations have been undertaken, and yet there's trust. In these situations, it's easy for people to fall prey to abuse. They've invested a lot of emotion in the relationship, and they don't want to lose it, so they often will relent and say yes to things that they're not truly happy to consent to. The first yes leads to a second yes leads to a third yes, and things become more difficult the deeper in they get. 
As abusive partners do in more ordinary relationships, abusive partners in BDSM relationships isolate their ultimate victims. They make it difficult for the person to talk to family and friends, often saying that family and friends would not understand their special relationship or would not understand the things they like to do in their relationship. With the assumption that a person cannot talk to family and friends about anything other than the relationship. After a while, the victim feels as though the only person they have in their life is their abuser. This can happen in non-monogamous relationships as well. An abuser can work hard to see everything is kept within the family, and the whole family can become isolated. Abusive partners apply pressure in the form of threats to leave, and more subtly through comparisons, so the victim fears losing the abuser. Abusive partners actively seek to denigrate and diminish their partners so that they lose self-esteem and confidence. Ethical dominants seek to support their partners to be the best that they can be. After all, when a person is, a shine, is shining and others see it, they reflect well on those who have them in your care. If you find yourself shrinking back at my last statement, think about parents and children. When a child accomplishes something or is well-mannered, often parents are complimented as it's assumed that some of the reason the child is this way is to do with the environment of their upbringing. If you feel pride in your child, why would you shrink from feeling pride in a partner's accomplishments? The difference between BDSM relationships and abusive ones can sometimes feel really hard to unpick as there are abusive BDSM relationships as well as ones that are really healthy. Here are a few of my guidelines for making the distinction between abuse and healthy. If you feel worse about yourself since you've become involved with the person, then the relationship may be abusive. If they consistently ignore your limits, even though you've negotiated these, then the relationship may be abusive. If they regularly try to renegotiate when you're tired, in an altered state of consciousness, for whatever reason, drugs, alcohol, illness, subspace, tired, stressed, euphoric, then the relationship may be abusive. If you have a gut feeling that something isn't right, then the relationship may be abusive. If you have a gut feeling early on, do not dismiss it. Pay attention to your gut feeling. Explore it deeply. If you get resistance when you're trying to explore the reasons for your feeling, take note, this is a huge red flag. If they work hard to isolate you, then the relationship may be abusive. If they consistently do things that make you feel less than or unimportant and fear that they will leave, then the relationship may be abusive. If they balk at you doing things like a standard background check, you've met them online, watch out, that's a red flag. If you're unsure, find someone who is BDSM knowledgeable to talk through these issues, as they're not going to automatically assume that a relationship that contains authority transfer as part of it is abusive, or a relationship in which you're subject to physical punishment is abusive. They will understand consent and be able to help you parse out what is going on.
You may want to seek therapy or coaching if you find yourself in a situation that feels like it may be abusive or even just feels as though it isn't for you. If you choose to do so, and it can be extremely helpful to work through issues with an objective person, which is what you're doing when you're working with a therapist, a counselor, or a coach. Make sure that the person that you choose is someone who is kink and BDSM knowledgeable. That way, you are less likely to find that you're hearing their own prejudices. You won't have to teach the person about your general world and relationship view just about the view that applies to you as an individual and your personal relationships. You can find a list of kink and BDSM knowledgeable therapists on the National Coalition for Sexual Freedoms website, https colon forward slash forward slash www.ncsfreedom.org. In the UK, many therapists who are kink, BDSM, and non-monogamy knowledgeable and friendly can be found on Pink Therapy's website, https colon forward slash forward slash www.pinktherapy.com. Both of these links are in the podcast notes. Marjorie wrote in, Alfie and I have been together for about a year. We met online and our relationship was really strong by the time we met each other in real life eight months later. I have become accustomed to thinking of him as my master and I as his slave as we agreed an authority transfer relationship. Since we have been together in real life, I've been feeling more and more uncomfortable. He ignores the limits we agreed on during our negotiations. One of my hardest limits was marks on my face and neck because I'm a medical doctor and going into work with visible marks causes problems with my colleagues and worries my patients. The first couple of times he left a mark on my face, he said it was an accident. But now it happens almost weekly and it is really making things awkward at work. When I try to talk with him about it, he reminds me that I agreed to a 24-7 authority transfer relationship and that if I want to leave that relationship, we would not be seeing each other anymore. I don't want to lose him, so I apologize for making an issue out of it, but it still doesn't feel right to me. This week, I talked to a good friend about it, and she says the relationship is abusive and unhealthy, and I should leave. She has no experience with BDSM, and I know she disapproves, so I don't know if her advice is accurate or comes from from her own biases, please advise. Thanks for writing in, Marjorie. From your description, this is an abusive relationship. An ethical master would protect your career as it serves them to have you doing well and being successful. Successful people who like their work are happier in other aspects of their lives. An ethical master would stick with your agreements and if they wanted to modify an agreement, make space for you to express your thoughts and feelings and take these into account. Ethical masters do not rule by fear alone. This man appears to be playing on your fears, including your fear of losing him. Of course, this response is with only the information you've provided me, so your mileage may vary. I would advise you to see a kink and BDSM knowledgeable coach or therapist or peer counselor and to talk your situation through fully. Today I've been talking about abuse versus BDSM, 
but also abuse in BDSM relationships. If you find yourself triggered by any of the issues raised, or if you have a question or comment, do write to me at drbisby at the-intimacy-coach.com. Thanks for joining me for Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Write to me with suggestions for the show, questions you want answered, at drbisby at the-intimacy-coach.com. Write in just like Marjorie did with your questions and stories for advice, and I will incorporate them into the show. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram, where I am at drbisby, that's B-I-S-B-E-Y. And do check out Facebook and YouTube for a free 30-minute strategy session with me. Go to https colon forward slash forward slash the-intimacy-coach.com and click the button that says click here on the contact page. Please do leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher if you enjoy the show. If you want advice via email, I have a relatively low-cost plan available. Please email me about it at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.com. That's L-O-R-I-B-E-T-H at D-R-L-O-R-I-B-E-T-H-B-I-S-B-E-Y.com. If you'd like regular information with updates about blogs, courses, podcasts, and my adventures, please sign up for my regular list by emailing drbisbee at v-intimacy-coach.com. Again, one more time, that's dr B-I-S-B-E-Y at T-H-E dash I-N-T-I-M-A-C-Y dash coach.com. All of these links are on the podcast notes. I look forward to seeing you next week and thank you again for joining me. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes or on Stitcher. And make sure you head over to www.the-intimacy-coach.com to subscribe for free newsletter updates to help you create and sustain an exciting trouble-free sexual life. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes on all topics sexy, sensual, and intimate. Thanks for listening.